Hey, this is Charlie, Triple C, from Brevity Box, a new and interesting podcast from the Ruminations Radio Network. If you're a fan of podcasts, we have a lot of great content to offer. Come check out our diverse group of podcasts and hosts at ruminationsradionetwork.com. Welcome to the Cinephile Hissy Fit Podcast, the tirade film movie debate podcast hosted by two film critics, cool dads and struggling teachers. I'm Don Leprechaun Shanahan. And I'm Will, you stink, Johnson. There you go. Ladies and gents, we're damn glad to have you. This is all for tantrum's sake, where shared passions and high fives wash away any place for hate. In the end, we encourage you all to love what you love, but for now, the gloves are off and the hissy fit is on. This week, we're talking about the original Top Gun, just in time for the release of the sequel, Top Gun Maverick, which we have previously recorded. And we'll see how this shuffles out, where I believe this week coming out before the other, but we'll see how we layer this and compare apparently this movie is recommended by every red-blooded dad in america and that's probably going to be a sticking point we talk about our format is this the recommended lover goes first they get five uninterrupted minutes to shower their praise and state their how many case the hater follows with five uninterrupted minutes of their own to present their counterpoints with any manner of intellectual scorcher after that We'll open it up for 15 minutes to 50 minutes of shared conversation where the hissy fit really gets chippy. Um, ladies and gentlemen, I ready for the danger zone? Can we say that with maturity here? No. Um, well, I mean, it's much better than whatever the hell happened in the sequel, but yeah. Yeah. Take, um, take me to bed and lose me forever, right? Well, I mean, I will say that this movie did not have a character named Bob in it. Um, you know, now that we can clash here, that's kind of where that's going to be. All right, all right. Um, okay, so mm-hmm. one thing you and I wanted to talk about, because I'm thinking we're going to release the Maverick one first, just for the sake of flow. I think I, so, I too. Think so. so, yeah. Um, I we were talking about how, you know, dad movies, right? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was I was just doing a random search on Google while we were talking about that, and and the Ringer did mm. what they what they call the Dad Movie Hall of Fame. I want to hear this. Now, this is what the ringer said. Um, The dad movie guidelines are okay. And this was written by the staff. So I don't have a specific writer to, for good reason to give, (laughs) to give uh, credit to this, but it says that a dad movie guidelines are as follows. It's historically based. It is told for the most part in a linear fashion. It is about work managing or team building in some form or fashion has action but no gore or overly intense or realistic violence. Mm. The dad avatar should be sexually healthy and able to function. He can have <laughs> he can, right? he can have high cholesterol, a brain tumor, and so on, but, <laughs> but there must be no suggestion that his partner is unsatisfied. Uh, story imparts something to a dad's family that words alone cannot. Um, so, wow. So, so their nominees, just so you know who their nominees were. Okay. Were yeah. Shawshank Redemption. Okay. Rudy. Mm, uh, got me. Brian, Brian Song. Oh, save uh, me again. Yeah. Dunkirk. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. No. Master and Commander, The Far Side of the World. Uh-huh. Uh, Ad Astra. Interesting. Well, uh, Daddy Issues on the Nose in that one, as yeah. we've said on our own show. 
Birdman or The Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance, which I fucking hate that movie. Mm. Um, Miracle with Kurt Russell. Um, and that is it. Okay. So, so when I, I don't read think that, that helped at all. I don't no, think that helped no. us at all. <laughs> so when I read those descriptors and I kind of hear those nominees, all I hear are on the nose, daddy issues mm-hmm. painted with a lighter coat if not, if if any coat of the quote unquote thing that revolve well, we is a strong term because it ain't you and I. Um, mm-hmm. But people are society has been pushing back for a very long time against, and sometimes rightfully so, toxic masculinity. Sure. So a, a lack or lighter coat of toxic masculinity combined with daddy issues seems to be what I read from that silly ass description and list. Because when I I'll go right to our own show at Astra. You don't have a toxic masculinity quote from a very mature, very rigid Brad Pitt. And then you get to the end with Tommy Lee Jones and he has his pragmatic ways of why he did what he did to do what he does. And and then the dad issues are completely on the nose. So I can't see. I don't know if I'm making a different definition, but like to me, and this could be the. I guess if I had to define dad movie, I'll say it like this. A movie your dad shows you that you're probably not supposed to watch. Like, it's that simple. <laughs> and because we are children of the 80s, when your dad shows you RoboCop at the age yeah. of like seven or eight, and, and, and the dad says, hey, wasn't that fun? Don't tell your mother. That's a dad movie to me. And, I t- and something mm. tells me okay. those movies okay. have existed for a very long time. Like, Oh, sure. I, I, like, yeah. I, I know the, the trend feels like these are all 80s and 90s movies when something tells me dad movies existed in the 50s when they watched Humphrey Bogart and they passed it on to their boomer kids that are now into that, that you know, that were Redford and Newman fans were like, dad's still trying to push John Wayne and Humphrey Bogart on it. And then, <laughs> well, yeah, imagine you get like, to the, Oh, good. Yeah. Well, no, but then you have uh, us young kids like us who are like, Dad, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone, the, these ripped bodies are so good. And they're like, Yeah, but look at Paul Newman and Robert Redford. And like, they'll, they'll push that on us because I had those parents where Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid was the dad movie subjected to me by this definition while I'm trying to watch fucking Rambo. So. Yeah, I yeah yeah. If that I'm makes the us same, dads, I don't well, know. I was man. Think of the same thing because, like, I was thinking, like, can you imagine, like, you know, a dad being like, okay, let's show you the Wild Bunch, you know, like, and, and yeah, you know, like, you've never seen a western like that. But no, but here's the thing, though, it's it's dad movies kind of have a weird turnaround period, like, because I, I know what you're saying. Like, when I think yeah. of a dad, like my ultimate dad movie for me. Because it reminds me of my dad is Forrest Gump. Sure. Because to me, like that's the movie. Like my dad's always like, "This is the greatest movie ever." And whenever it's uh, on, he watches it. I mean, when I was okay. in high school, like if Forrest Gump was on TV and I was out on the couch, like we watched fucking Forrest Gump. Like it has that element. But just like everything else in this fucking world we live in, everything's niche uh-huh. now. So yes, I- I've actually been watching a few of these quote-unquote dad movies recently and some of them that i think about that are dad movies is when you take uh i mean eastwood was doing this later with like gran torino and stuff mm-hmm, but like mm-hmm. like i recently watched the two equalizer movies with denzel okay those yeah. are like dad movies to me because what it's doing is you're taking like okay you've got the the 60 year old uh legendary mm-hmm. actor who's taking no more shit from nobody yeah, you know like yeah. and so like now that has network uh-huh. Like that has dad elements, 
Uh-huh. But but yeah, like you said, I also kind of feel it's like, you know, I, like I should, know. to me, if you're going to say a dad thing to me, I feel like there's not enough taboo, so to speak. Like if mm. I had a dad that showed me Shannon Tweed Skinamax movies, <laughs> that'd be a dad movie. You know, like, you know, yeah, hey, son, don't tell your mom little... this girl's got gorgeous titties. Like <laughs> I, I, that, where it goes that far, like or the, I, again, the the crazy violence. My other question is what happens when because to me, everything ages so sure. what's niche now is going to be somebody's fucking dad movie in 20 years where they're like we're like i'm trying to think of like a, a a hot like movie of the moment that like means the world to a millennial that someday will be a dad movie well, like the hangover how about uh, that well no the but the, the hangover is still like the man child thing that's like that's still our generation pretending we're young like I'm yeah, thinking but I like, guarantee you, like, there's gonna be there's gonna be people a little bit younger than us. Yeah. That let, let's say, okay, yeah. I mean, I'm a little aged out of The Hangover, but I yeah. got vibes from that one because I have this feeling like when, well, okay, here's here's a perfect example. Um, my, I was gonna say the Marvel movies. Could be yeah, someday they'll be. This could be dad movies be, for sure. There'll be dad movies. I mean, you could so, argue movies. that the Spider Man, the Sam Raimi Spider Man's, might already be there. We're already there. Yeah, that's um, right. But no, I was thinking the other day, like um, uh, my ex's brother. Uh, we were at a event for okay. my daughter, and he's a really good guy. And um, him and I were talking, and he was like, "Hey, remember that scene in old school?" And I was like, "And he's uh-huh. probably like three years older than me too. He's like forty-four okay. or something." And and I remember being like, "Old school? That's what we're going back to now? Like a two thousand three movie? Yeah. That, you know what I mean? Like it, it doesn't or that, whatever year it came out? Like I feel yeah, like that's that, old. I know it's weird, well, right? But I I feel like that is like something that like the comedy hasn't aged well." You know, mm-hmm. the the stars in it aren't necessarily as bright as they used to be, but like it holds the almost that like I mean, maybe like even like Animal House to to a generation like sure. where it's like, oh, Jim Belushi, he was the greatest comedian. And, yeah. you know, like and stuff that like you could so, like, I, I don't know, like there, there's so many definitions of what a dad movie yeah. could be. Well, that, that begs yeah. the question that begs the question out of me and maybe this is our segue to our our featured movie is like yeah does a dad movie does it to qualify as a dad movie do you have to age well no i i think a dad movie a movie could be a time capsule and we're cool with it no 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 i think a dad movie in itself is limiting i think okay. i think i think if Tell you say more. something if you if you say something is a dad movie that limits it to a specific time and place and generation to me. That's true. Yeah. I think it does. Like, cause like, uh, uh, cause like Shawshank Redemption was on the list and most of us probably say, Hey, you could kind of watch that movie anytime or it will have a timeless quality. Obviously it's set in a period thing, but like right. that movie is not getting canceled culture the way like gone with the wind is or revenge <laughs> of the nerds is, or sometimes even animal house is where do you have to be cancel proof? to be it which is the test of time mm. i'm thinking of here okay that's fair um i wonder that's why i'm well, no, kind of where I'm, my head's at because yeah. i'm thinking too it's like like a, a dad a, a classic dad movie i think that comes up a lot is something like predator right yeah. like something that like you know your dad watched in the 80s it's got all the you know huge muscular dudes killing creatures sure. in the jungle i mean 
that's kind of where I was at. Graphic violence. You don't tell your mother. You know. You yeah, watch yeah no, that, young. that that fits to me. Now I don't know. I, I'm I'm more of a Predator Two guy myself. But um, uh, as you have said on the show, I don't here. know if Predator like when you watch Predator now. Uh huh. And I think we'll talk about this when we talk about Top Gun because we mentioned it in the last episode. But when you when you watch Predator now you feel the 80ness of it you feel the the, cli- the clichés like you you get through it and you go well of course this is what was going to happen in an 80s movie mm-hmm. at this time and he, like you know what i mean like it doesn't transcend its genre it doesn't transcend its is it is it something that multiple generations are probably going to watch because arnold was charismatic and it's a predator so now it's a franchise yes yeah but like when you watch it, it's very firmly rooted in eighties, okay. like eightiesness, yeah. and that to me, depending with, on your generation, yeah. like that would be when my dad was just having kids, and uh-huh. you know he's trying to, he's literally a dad, and he's <laughs> still trying to hold on to his youth, and like yeah, the predator would be fucking awesome because who once you have a bunch of annoying little shitty ass kids running around the house. That's Why true. do you not want to go out into the jungle and fight a fucking monster? You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, right. yeah. So I don't know. That's that's kind of like I mean, if I had to pick, like the first movie that comes to my head when I think of dad movie, not only is Forrest Gump for my dad, but I think in general like Predator, where it's okay. very stuck in its time, very distinct to like. I've made. I'll tell you another story, another Predator story. Uh, it's definitely generational because. Um, I was coaching volleyball, uh, you know, uh, so 12 to thir- 12 to 14 year old girls in volleyball. And the, one of the dads of the girl who was a lot younger than me, I'd say 10 years younger than me. So he had kids really young. I, as where I had them a little older. Um, he was my assistant coach and he came up to me and I said, Hey, how are you? And he goes, yeah, this is my, <laughs> this is my daughter, Dylan. And I said, Dylan. And I tried to do like the, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, like, the high five, <laughs> the yeah. high five handshake. And he was like, what does that mean? And I'm like, you never seen predator. He's like, nah. I'm like, <laughs> Oh really? You don't know Dylan. Like, you know, like to me, like, because it was like my dad's generation watching and he passed it on to me. I mean, some of my greatest memories, and I guess you could classify these as dad's movies is like, yeah, we would get VHSs and he would leave me alone. And I'd watch Terminator two and aliens mm-hmm. and predator and yeah. all this stuff. And so, like, yeah, like, to me, it's like, I think the important part of a dad film is that the dad, like you said, gives it to you. So it, it's almost yes. kind of like a two-generation thing. Like, I'm probably not going to show my kid Predator because she's not interested no. in that shit. Yeah. But Top Gun, on the other hand, that's mm-hmm. a little different. And Lord that's of why the Rings. Yeah. Lord of the Rings she's watched. I mean, you know what? Lord of the Rings might be dad movies at this point. Oh, I think so. Firmly. I, because... I go and back they, to your definition from the ringer. You have a lack of toxic masculinity and some chasteness and heroics and period piece wannabe stuff. So sure, yeah. sure, that's true. That's true. Um, but yeah, I think yeah. And when we go to something like Top Gun, mm-hmm. um, and this is something that our friend, our poor friend Michelle Kisner, oh, I'm I sorry, mean that Michelle. that that poor young lady. I mean. You know, she has an opinion on the internet, and because she's a woman, people attack her all the time. And mm-hmm. I think she was recently showing something about maybe it was her, maybe it was somebody else. But I, I always think of her because she just gets bombarded with how wrong she is about an opinion. But yeah. I think it was either her or somebody else was showing about how the homosexual subtext 
of um, a top gun. gun. Yeah. A top gun. Now, here's the thing Predator, there might be some accidental, mm-hmm. like, homosexual subtext, <laughs> sure. you know, uh, but like it's very firmly like macho, you know? Yeah. And I think like a dad film, the reason why I will not classify Top Gun as a dad film is because it has too much good, it has too much context uh-huh. and subtext going on for, for it to be a normal picture. A dad film to me, like Forrest Gump is very direct. It's very obvious whatever character is doing and where they fit in time. Yeah. And like the ringer said, it's linear. Like Top Gun is linear, but there's so much shit going on. Like, you know, you got guys saying like, uh, oh, it's giving me a hard on. And then you got guys uh, that are all oiled up and sweaty and they're playing volleyball yeah. together and they're all close. They're whispering in each other's ears. And, you know, there's there's just mm-hmm. there's too much going on behind the scenes of the film, like subtextually for like that to be a dad film, because, you know, men would see that like dads would see that and be like, well, well at least dads yeah. from our generation would see that. So if we're adding so if we're adding an extra piece to the definition on the ringer heterosexual is kind of a bit of a need huh oh i would say well yeah because it yeah hetero think, forward at least right i think so. yeah i think what the what the the ringer said was like the the partner is definitely not i mean because what do you think i mean predator is not a good example because they're in the jungle there's really not any time for arnold to bang anybody but <laughs> like right. for the most part like anytime you watch like a, a late night knockoff b movie on hbo like uh-huh. the reason why you watched is because you're going to get a couple gunfights maybe a car chase and you were going to yeah. have your sex scene you know true. because because the the hero is always going to bang somebody that's true uh, <laughs> and that was what you could look forward to like it was almost in a in a perverted way You'd watch the opening credits and be like, oh, I wonder who that – oh, ooh, I like huh. her. Oh, I can't wait to see her nude scene in an hour, you know, yeah. when she has sex with Sylvester Stallone or Lorenzo Lamas or whatever, you know. So, uh, you know, it's 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 got to have a hetero-forward sexual thing, like that the hero can always get the girl. I mean, that's why Bond movies are so successful because Bond always gets the girl. Well, maybe not these days, but, you know. That's kind of functions that way too. Yeah, and I to take this to Top Gun, like the cool, the unique thing about this that is different than a Bond movie, where it's like, I, I also why I won't call it a damn movie as well is like it's still young guy, um, it's still kind of a young guy like figuring it out. You know, he's kind of the semi rookie into what he's doing. He's not this pro like Bond who's just. You know, mission number one, of course, is God, you know, God, you know, God, queen and country. But mission number two is I want to have some fun along the way. And, mm-hmm. and, and for that, it was female conquest in this movie. Yes. You know, Kelly McGillis is a bit of a, a bit of a target. And, you know, and he has his kind of show his ass moment in terms of screwing that up in turn, in terms of their introduction. But it is still as they progress in the movie in Top Gun, it's still a very adult, mature relationship. It's not, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I wouldn't call this like coming of age movie, summer fling stuff. Like they're very mm-hmm. serious for each other and, and, and become serious for each other in, 
in a way that 20 somethings would be or in a borderline 30 something would be versus your typical dad movie like you said with with a element of conquest and risque or uh female a, a target female that you might that you you're trying to attain and get after kelly mcgillis is fetching and wonderful in top gun but she's not there for the sake of just getting banked you know and oh I think yeah, yeah. springs to top gun not being a dad movie well there's been a lot of interesting think pieces that have been released recently i read one about a producer I cannot credit it properly because I do not know where it was from, but there was like a producer kind of like defending Kelly McGillis. Um, And um, because it it is interesting because she does have a, a a superior like teacher student relationship that is kind of violated though. I I, I never get the feeling that like power is being uh, mishandled or in that. Um, but also a lot of people think she's a lot older. Even my daughter said she was like, she was, she was way too old for him when they were only like three years apart, but she did right. carry with her a very mature, uh, sensibility that kind of made her older than she was. I, yeah. another, another person I think of like that is like Jillian Anderson. Like when you watch, yeah. like when you watch like, um, the, the, the X-Files, um, like when you find out that she was like 22 when they were filming those first couple yeah. seasons, you're like, what? Like she had such a maturity to her that made her seem older. Yeah. For me currently, that's like Carrie Mulligan. Carrie Mulligan's like 33. Sure. She's doing all these parts that might as well be 40 something parts. Right. Exactly. So um, I never sensed a power imbalance, but I did, you know, there is that, essence of that she is older than him and i think that's necessary for the plot of top gun but i think a lot Uh of people see it as some kind of negative that like and this has been the problem in the industry forever for women is that you know you can't be a certain age and you can't do a certain thing but you know you do have the very youthful exuberant tom cruise and then you have this very controlled mature woman even though they're only three years apart it does seem like kind of a gap and, you know, that I think, I think their, their sexual chemistry is incredible. I think like they, they have this, this electricity in this movie. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, and, but I do think the reason why people don't list it necessarily as like a great romance or film or whatever is because mm-hmm. of that supposed maturity age gap, you know, and yeah. that could be, an issue with that. Um, I don't know. I don't even know where I was going with this, but no, no, I was no. just, You're t- but like the sexiness quotient, like you said, of the, uh, the affirm man, the affirmed man that kind of makes these a dad movie. And yeah, I, I, well, yeah, I also I see, go ahead. Yeah, I don't think that like, yeah. Like when I think of uh, like dad movies, you know, you know, I, I don't think Kelly McGillis is like the top of like, dad movie list for hottest females like i no, it's almost like she's an afterthought in this movie like when you watch it yeah, yeah like you said she's very fetching very engaging and has has a great chemistry with tom cruise but mm-hmm. but yeah i i don't think it's like because of and this this speaks to why top gun is not a dad movie um it speaks to the maturity of that relationship um yeah. and the fact that she is more of a quote unquote normal woman 
You know, I, I believe I could go to flight school and Kelly McGillis would be my teacher. You know what I mean? Like, you know, if I mean, she came across as qualified for her role part in the movie. Yeah. And I can't think of a current example. I mean, um, well, I hear, I'll give you a counter example. Like she's believable as a civilian contractor, whatever she is versus your Denise Richards example as a bond girl, as a new, yeah, I was going to use that one, but I felt that was like low hanging fruits. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cause that's that's too extreme of an example because yeah, she's not a nuclear physicist. That's not to say women cannot be nuclear physicists, but Denise Richards cannot. Um, so, um, you know, and you know, to be totally fair, and uh-huh. if, so we know that's not a female thing. Um, there's many act men, male actors that are not convincing in certain roles. I mean, oh, totally agree. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, like for instance, uh, it's very odd, but in something's got to give. Keanu Reeves actually convinces me he's a doctor. But, I, <laughs> you know, I like in other, him, but, yeah. but in other films, like if he's playing a doctor or yeah. you know a physicist or a scientist, I'm kind of like. Eh, Okay. Uh-huh. Or you know, an FBI like, agent. <laughs> well, I'm an FBI agent. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, but yeah, <laughs> I know exactly. Like, so this is not a female-only thing. As an example, I agree. M- many male characters. I'm going to be like, okay, um, yeah, and I'm the I, guy I, that will call that the Mark Wahlberg rule because yeah. he looks unqualified for any job other than cop. <laughs> Pretty much, or ga- or criminal, gangster. True. True. Um, well, also, the other thing I think that doesn't make Top Gun a dad movie is because I like... Let's look at Anthony Edwards, who's my favorite yes. character in the movie. Oh, and like, how could it not be? Yeah. Like, when you think of, like, 80s duos or action... Like, okay, even Predator, when you've got Apollo Creed and, uh, oh, <laughs> you know, Carl, yeah. Carl Weathers and uh-huh. Arnold Schwarzenegger slapping arms together or... You know, even yeah. some of my favorites like um, Riggs and Murtaugh or, mm-hmm. you know, uh, even when you get to the 90s, like uh, Bruce Willis and Samuel Jackson and Die Hard. Like, yeah, there's more of like, a, like, of course, your best friend would also be a badass, you know? Sure. And, yeah. and I like I like that Anthony Edwards is kind of a dork. Oh, he's, yeah, totally. I mean, he's he's from Revenge of the Nerds, for God's sake. But mm-hmm. you know, like he's kind of like a sh- like an average schmo. I mean, he's obviously a pilot. He's smart, but sure, like they're buddies. Like it, it it doesn't. It's not like Tom Cruise is hanging out with other studs. He's hanging out yeah. with Anthony Edwards, and that's but it's that's also not cool too. And it's he's kind of in between. Like he's still a charismatic guy. He's got Meg Ryan sure. as wife, but he's not sure. also in like the ugly best friend hand grenade role either. He's yeah. nice in between, you know. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like, you know, like, I I struggle, I mean, this is what I think happened in the sequel to Maverick, okay. is that, yes, the, the, the female lead that goes across from him is Jennifer Connelly, who's an otherworldly beauty. All, everybody, from an, a purely aesthetic uh-huh. point of view, all of the trainees are beautiful human beings and i I, i'm trying to think i mean when you look at the mission impossible films i mean you know i mean the actors and actresses he's working against like you know it it adds to his star quality that of course a uh fuckable top of the world guy is gonna hang out with fuckable people also whereas like with this one it's like yeah tom cruise is hot but he has like normal friends 
Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah. got like a normal dude as a friend. And I think that's pretty cool. Like, I, I, I mean that, yeah. like we all love goose and I'm sure dads love goose too, but like, it's, it's not like it, it doesn't look like the glory days of a dad movie where like you're getting your, you know, you, you've got your badass partner, you know? I agree I mean, with that. Yeah. So I don't know. That's another reason why I think it's not a dad movie too. It's, it's got a lot going for Like, I just don't mm. think you would see movies cast like that anymore. I, I don't think you I would get a agree. duo like, you know, I mean, can you, you think you of anything ripped, recently? Ripped. No, like ripped would be a requirement. Oh, I mean, or if the recent, most recent action movie, of a non-action body type, so to speak, would probably be like Bob Odenkirk and nobody. Okay. But that's like a direct pop point to play for laughs, not an actual circumstance. Right. Although there's probably a really good chance that whatever, you know, secret agent or 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 F you know, uh special forces assets probably look more like Bob Odenkirk than they do Carl Weathers in real life. So I'm sure <laughs> yeah, yeah. nobody I'm sure nobody's more true to life than we realize, but from a movie cinematic standpoint, we're like, dude, that's Bob Odenkirk. What's he doing out there, you know, whipping and slinging and kicking and killing, you know? So you know, I guess yeah. one I can and there's, think it's of made it's made as novelty than it is truth, you know. I will go with one that I can think of off the top of my head, and it's only because time has passed so much, because it's not so much the case in the first two films. Okay. But the third Bad Boys film, I think there's a pretty big discrepancy between Will Smith and Martin Lawrence in terms of where they're at in terms of their bodies and, (laughs) you know, their capabilities. And they they do play that up for humor. Like, Martin Lawrence is kind of like a sappy grandpa. At this mm-hmm. point, whereas Will Smith is still Will Smith, yeah. Um, but even but even then, that's only because of the passage of time. Whereas in the first two Bad Boys, they're both attractive, well fit young men, yeah. you know, that are together. So even that doesn't necessarily fit the mold. So I'm sure. trying to I'm trying to think of something, yeah, off the top of that- my head that has a sure a charismatic, sexy leading man, but his buddy who you equally love. Is not and yeah. not, and to all the Anthony Without being Edwards obvious fans, there, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, all the Anthony Edwards fans out there. I'm not saying Anthony Edwards is not sexy. I'm just, I'm just saying just, compared to Tom not, Cruise, yeah. it's it's a little I, you know. Yeah. I do wonder. I do wonder if, and I know we brought this up in the in the Maverick episode we just recorded, but uh, I do wonder if that's kind of how the profession, so to speak, has changed. Like maybe today's military, especially if you're going to be the best of the best pilots, you kind of need to be, you know, pretty ace paragon individuals, you know, physically fit to handle the rigors of the job, especially now that we're doing the whole G forces with lungs and, and fortitude. And like, you know, Tom's got to get on a treadmill before he hypes up to get onto that, that spy plane at the beginning of the movie where Mm -hmm. I in the eighties post Vietnam, any, you know, any schmuck could be a soldier. We've seen stripes, (laughs) but, uh, where maybe that was the era of, you know, just enough to get by. We didn't, I also think of, I, I think the parallel I'm thinking of, and here comes my bad parallel for the day. Like the Will Johnson moment is I look at baseball, like mm-hmm. back in the day, Babe Ruth was a Titan. Whereas today he'd get gassed up by every 90 mile an hour fastball in the whole wide world uh, because, because yeah. today's athletes are auto tuned to be just physical specimens. Sure, and I think sure. that's the nature of the profession where I think fighter pilots have now gotten to the point of being 
that more of them will be specimens than they will be Anthony Edwards. Well, and you more know, and, cops uh, and, will be more cops will be big old rip dudes, and not Dennis Franz from fucking NYPD Blue. You know? Well, and your your point was is well taken as well because most people, I mean, we won't get into the military industrial complex about how they target, right? Um, they target, uh, you know, uh, un- uh, what do you call it, underprivileged. This youth is true and stuff, but we won't get into any of that stuff. But uh, there is a big difference, like. World War II, Korea, Vietnam, you were drafted. So literally yep. anybody could be a soldier. Any, you know, any, now, any, yeah. now you volunteer. And right. most people volunteer and they, you know, some of them may ha- go through a complete transformation. But I uh-huh. imagine most people are like, I'm gung-ho military. Like, I don't yeah. have the physical capability or the patience or technically the respect for authority to be in the military. Same um, here. Could I be thrown into a boot camp and maybe get a little bit of shape? Sure. But am I going to become a juggernaut that's going to be, you know, no, no. but there yeah. are people, but, but there are people who choose to do that now for the most part, like uh-huh. I said, we're not going to get into some of that. So it is true. And and also it's funny because I was listening to, um, I, I'm kind of going through, um, and this is kind of related to Top Gun because it has war, but um, I'm kind of like reading books right now, books on tape, like, kind of going in order of like decades with the United States. Like I, re- I, I was reading a book about the forties in Hollywood. Now I'm moving on to a general history book about the fifties in the United okay. States. And it is, it is interesting because so you had world war two where all these people were drafted, right. And they fought horrific battles and, you know, went through some horrible shit and then came home. Mm-hmm. Then you had people during peacetime that joined the army. Cause it was like, Holy shit. I mean, they're going to, pay for my college and I get all the glory of being in the army, but there's no war, you know, and they end up going to these places like Japan and Germany and are essentially pampered soldiers because it's peacetime. And then suddenly war breaks out in Korea and they're all dropped down into Korea and Mm -hmm. they have no idea what war is like, and they have no clue what actual combat is and what actual training is because yeah. After World War II, we got relaxed and we were like, no, we we're kind of running the world right now. Like we're going to mm-hmm. pamper ourselves, you know, and then so you had to get that kind of ability back. But there was still that element of like, OK, now we're drafting again for Korea and now we're getting Joe Schmoes from Illinois and Iowa and mm-hmm. whatever. And there's still that every man quality like, yeah, you would see your neighbor down the street would probably be fighting next to you one day. Yeah. In the front now, like, yeah, if you drop me in a war zone right now, uh, you know, you're going to see like 75 buff dudes who could kill me with a pinky. And then you're going to have me who's probably going to be crying and pissing himself in the corner. It's it just that yeah. di- that dynamic does not exist anymore. Like it does. You know, that, that that's the change of times, I think, there for yeah. sure. For sure. And yeah, because I mean, even though I think Top Gun Maverick is not a very sexy movie. I mean, mm. yes, everybody in the movie looks fantastic. I mean, because that's kind of. Hollywood now anyway um yeah uh, honest trailers made a great joke um uh when they were doing the honest trailer for Shang-Chi where uh it, it says this is how Marvel interviews its actors and it shows Ronnie Chang uh in a scene with <laughs> Simu Lu and he goes yeah you're awesome now take your shirt off you know like <laughs> that's yeah. how Marvel yeah. auditions their actors because yeah it's like you know I mean we're at the point now where, you know, Kumail Nanjiani is becoming a, a muscle bound stud and he doesn't even yeah. show his body in Eternals. He just did no. it because it's expected of the part now. Mm. So 
I don't even think an Anthony Edwards would exist this in Top Gun if it was made today. And I yeah. think that's another reason why it's it's not a dad film mm-hmm. because it doesn't have that sense of unalterable beauty to it. Yeah. I'll take another angle. I kind of looked up dad movie on Urban Dictionary mm. and they kind of put two clauses here. They say a dad movie is the kind of movie that fathers watch and advise you to watch. And that for sure <laughs> rings true. Sure. And that's a very thin definition where that, that could be anything. So yeah, sure. Dads are going to recommend Top Gun. It's happened before, but here's this, here's the kicker. Second one. Yeah. This kind yeah. of movie, I'm quoting kind of urban dictionary here. This kind of movie usually contains middle-aged dudes beating <laughs> other dudes and winning the love of their lives. And that to me is not happening anywhere in Top Gun. Like there's no competition for Charlie. There's no and these guys aren't middle-aged, they're still in their 20s that you know just trying to figure out the fighter pilot game and it's not about like yes, there's internal competition for this little school aspect of things. But like, I think it's trumped by the fact of being the, you know, pro-military wet dream of, hey, when this is all over we're on the same team, like that rings true by the time mm-hmm. the movie ends and, and coalesces together. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, another you're either like, well, I'm trying to think of an example, like because because the way Top Gun ends where yeah. Ice, Iceman and Maverick become friends and they still have mm. that that wonderful antagonistic line. And they repeat that in Maverick, which I think is really fun, uh-huh. you know, where they say, who's the best pilot. It's like, Hey, we're having a great moment. Don't ruin it. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. you know, and, and that one, it's like, you can be my wingman bullshit. You can be mine. And they, they acknowledge that they're both hot shots and egoists and, mm-hmm. you know, but they, now they have a friendship. It, it does feel like in a dad movie, you kind of have to defeat your enemy. Even if yeah. the enemy is on your own team, like you gotta, yeah. you gotta one up the, the nerd who showed you up or the guy who's trying to beat you. Like I like and in Top Gun that Maverick comes second, you know, he yeah. doesn't, he doesn't win Top Gun. He doesn't I agree. You know, like I think I like stuff like that. And I don't think that's like, and that's another problem I had with Maverick that we didn't discuss is, you know, Maverick is almost infallible in that. This one. is true. Whereas like yeah. in, he clearly fucks up a lot in the first Top Gun and is mm-hmm. not perfect. And I, I like, I, I like that element too. Like he is a flawed hero. You root for him because you want to see him succeed, even mm-hmm. when he's constantly down. I mean, if he's not about yeah. goose dying, you know, it's about, you know, his father and it's yeah. about, you know, there's so yeah. many things Love that going subtext on. In the first one is the, the father subtext, which Thomas Garrett helps with a ton. I enjoyed that subtext in the, in the first one. And, and I guess goose and the legacy of like, um, you know, Tom keeping him out of the military. I guess that's our, that's our, that's our replacement subtext in this new one. But at the same time, yeah, like for me, what I'm looking at with this is like, there's no villain in Top Gun. There's no uh, Iceman is a competitor, but not a like right. black hatted villain. And even the new right. Top Gun doesn't have a black hatted villain either. Or Authority is there, but not really a black hatted villain. So, yeah, like. Y- Everybody seems to be against Maverick and then he convinces them otherwise. Like, you know, John Hamm right. is like, I should court martial you, but God damn it. You're the squad leader now. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, and even Ed Harris in the beginning is like, well, God damn it. You did 10.2 G's. And, uh-huh. uh, you're going to Top Gun. Blah. So like, yeah, this one, it, I, I you always feel like, like Maverick's going to get busted for reals, you know, like, uh, mm-hmm. and, and get on the outs, you know? Um, yeah, there's a little bit of stakes there. Um, yeah, yeah. 
the realistic now, characters. Yeah. Circling into Top Gun, I, I'm going to ask this kind of with the dad movie lens in mind. Okay. Do, um, and I know you brought this up a little bit in terms of like Tony Scott's sweaty, manly style. The the machismo is there for sure. Mm-hmm. Do you feel mm-hmm. like um, from a dad movie standpoint or a non-dad movie standpoint that other like soundtrack and music need to be there too? Do you need a catchy, like some of those damn movies on the list, like Animal House and things like that, they have catchy soundtracks. And of course, this one's a a bestseller. So, yeah, but is it, I feel like these are the songs that, I mean, other than Danger Zone, mm-hmm. there's, I mean, most dads aren't going, hey, let me drop this needle on this amazing song. I'm and it's playing with the boys. My, yeah. <laughs> or, it's <laughs> Ber- or, or it's Berlin's Take My Breath Away, which is like. Daddy, yeah. what are they singing about? What are they singing right. about right now? Like, you know, right. one's going to put on the sex song on the dad grilling playlist, you know? Yeah, no, that's it, interesting. That's an interesting point because, you know, I'm trying to think because. What's the, we're, what's we're the, here? What's the sexiest song on your playlist? Well, I don't have one. Well, I don't know. See, yeah. I, I was thinking about, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to go a little bit above music here for just a minute. Cause I, I, okay. I, I'm in a, I'm in a zone here for a second, but oh, I want to hear it. Like go when I was it. trying to think of like dad films, you ever notice how like horror films, especially from the eighties are not really mentioned. And this I is think, true. And, and I I'm surprised by that. And I think that's because, uh, horror films of the eighties, especially the slasher variety that were so popular mm-hmm. was very anti, I'm not gonna say anti-sex because there was always nudity and sex in them, <laughs> True, but there was an element of defeat with the carnal instincts as opposed to, I, um, I buy su- that success. Like, yeah, like in, like in Top Gun, like you fully expect, you know, and this may be a, uh, a, pro for it being a, a dad film is you fully expect him to bed his love interest. Whereas yeah, like yeah. in Friday the 13th, it's like, as soon as somebody like you know bangs, you're like, well, they're fucking done. You know what I mean? <laughs> like there's, there was, yeah, there was a very a penalty like, more than a, a trophy. Yeah. There's a very like conservative nature to horror. Whereas I think, yeah. Like when you have like a top gun or you have like, you do have that kind of sexuality to it and, and the music plays a key part. Yeah, you know, I mean, I no agree. one's going to be banging to John Carpenter's Halloween theme, but take my <laughs> no. breath away, you know, is, is uh-huh. one of those things where like, you know, dad can have a few shots of schnapps and then be like, Hey honey, let's put Berlin on. And uh-huh. you know, then you relive the experience of the romance, you know, like from the movie. So I don't know. I, I mean, that might, yeah. like I said, that might be like a pro one, but yeah, when you add like, I mean, for the soundtrack for Top Gun's insane. Like the, all the stuff on it. I was, I was listening to it. Um, all this week in pre- and, uh, preparation for, you know, yeah. this, but I mean, just everything on it, 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 sure. Some of it is of its time, but sure. But it, it, it has, because you automatically get the images from the movie, uh, affixed to those songs. Yeah. Like it, it gives it that sexy quality. See, I'll argue, uh, this is kind of where I'll kind of go back to that dad movie definition and, and taking Top Gun off it. I feel like the typical dad movies that were that are getting the label of dad movies have safer soundtracks than Top Guns. Mm, Top okay. Gun to me, yes, Danger Zone is there, but like 
Mighty Wings and some of these other songs. And like they go, I, I feel like they just kind of go harder. I'm not saying they're like, you know, having fucking Metallica Sandman and stuff like that. But um, and then obviously you get to a, a super deep, over sexy ballad like Berlin's where mm-hmm. today a dad movie would have your classic rock greatest hits your led zeppelin your rolling stones like you know are like rolling around the bend i think of like the remember the titan soundtrack where it's these easy perfect little classic rock favorites nothing that rocks the boat nothing that (laughs) enough to tap your toe but nothing to really jam you out nothing that's really provocative well yeah i mean that's why Forrest Gump always hits because, of course, the Vietnam sequences have all the Creedence Clearwater oh. stuff. Uh-huh. You know, where you're just like, of course, yeah. it's Creedence Clearwater. It's Vietnam. Steve. I mean, that's the yeah. safe option, you know? And I thought, I think to, to me, Top Gun, for its era and since then, takes enough chances where it's not, okay, there's great balls of fire, but it's done in a performance way. And even, sure. um, even the Righteous Brothers song, you know, like it's, mm-hmm. it's there for it's there for tone in the movie more than it is entertainment in the movie. Like the songs that come on in a dad movie are, are like in the mont. I, I keep thinking of remember Titans in the montage sequences of, you know, I, it just, it's there for, it's there for charm, not there for pointed drama. Yeah, no, I can, I can, yeah. I can agree okay. with that. That makes sense. I, it, to me, it takes top going off the dad movie list. Like we were talking about here. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, what are some other crosshairs that are there that that take this take this off from being well? I read the cliche a, that everyone lets the label on it. Well, because I was thinking of some other things while you were talking, because I wasn't listening to anything you said. Uh, hey, and that's um, right. why I watch. I, I listen to the show when we're done. Yeah, <laughs> no, but uh, I was thinking of some other. De- I mean, we live in this. I mean, I'm sure you see this because well, uh-huh. I, I feel like Chicago is a little bit more. Go ahead. And demographic, say it. more demographically. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Are we diverse? I feel there's more diversity in Chicago than there is perhaps in yeah. Arizona. Like the, the huge amount of European immigrants and the very high African American population. We are we are as diverse as you get up here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, here in Arizona, we have a, obviously a large Hispanic population, but like yeah. the disparity, there's still a lot of. I'm not going to say forced segregation, but. Uh-huh. You know, it, there it's is fair. kind of there is kind of like, you know, you have your Scottsdale's and your Paradise Valleys and your thing, which is predominantly white. And then you have some poor areas of town, which are predominantly Hispanic. Yeah. So when you drive through certain parts of town, you're seeing a lot of wealthy middle uh, <clears throat> middle class people in their cars that have the, you know, support the blue and Trump pants and, uh, and, you know, have the American flag on it. Yeah. The other one I saw the other this morning when I was driving to school was hilarious because the guy had like, you know, support the flag, but he also had the Confederate flag up, which I was no like, that's boy. kind of, you know, kind of competing yeah. ideas there, but, but you, no, but like unique situation. Cause you have that all, you also have the snowbird city where it's all the retired gentry, you know, Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Affluent white people. Yeah. Yeah. So I I bring this up because like when like a movie like um, some other quote unquote dad movies I think of are like 12 strong. The Chris Hemsworth one where it's like the guys on horseback that go or 13 hours, you know, the Benghazi movie by Michael Bay Uh or yeah, you'll see this stuff like that. um, 
like what was the Wahlberg one with Soul Survivor or something like Soul Survivor? Uh-huh. Yeah, you'll you'll see stuff like that. American Sniper. American Sniper, like yeah. where you kind of and 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 those those movies you go and you see like you know what I mean? It's just like all yeah. white dudes with mustaches that are fifty years old. You, like you said it with the word white. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely it sounds about white. Uh-huh. Uh, but but you know but but then every now and then like I enjoy it when I enjoy it when um they get tricked into it like like uh, How do you mean? I, I, I I I know I've been talking about Sicario uh, Day of the Soldado oh, a lot yeah but like a lot of people lined up for that thing and like oh Josh Brolin we've uh-huh. got we've got drug cartels we've got this stuff. And it was sure. really about how corrupt the system is and I agree. how terrible it is. So I love when they get tricked into watching those and they go, oh, shit, did I just learn a lesson about, uh-huh. uh, you know, <laughs> racial politics? Um, so I do love when that happens. But, yes, for the most part, when I think of dad movies, especially now, I think of that white middle class, 50-year-old men who, like, just mm-hmm. get off on the idea of, like, the military-industrial complex. Yeah. Now, I bring this up because – I recently read, I think I tweeted it on our account. Uh, there was an interview with Playboy where okay. Tom Cruise was talking. I, I think the interview is from like the 90s or something where Tom Cruise was like, I did not do a sequel to Top Gun mm. because I, saw this I, am, from you. I am not into jerking off the military. And, um, oh. and then he that, goes and makes both of these. You know? Well, I know. I know. But yeah. like. Like he said, he, he he saw the reaction to it, and, I, and and I'm not saying Top Gun is a jerk off military movie. It's not. Oh, there are I worse ones than that for sure. There's definitely worse ones than that. Um, but he saw the response to it because uh, another thing I read was that when Top Gun came out, there was huge recruitment oh, for yeah. the Navy and Air Force. You know, oh, yeah. where like people were like, holy shit, I want to be a pilot. And people joined mm-hmm. it. And I think that scared him off a little bit because he was like, I was just making a story. He yeah. very purposely yeah. says in that in that thing I tweeted, he says, this is supposed to be a fantasy thrill ride. This is not supposed to be reality. Mm-hmm. And I think With people that in mind now I look at the sequel and go, uh-huh, I'm there. Yeah. And so I think that um, the I think people have kind of co-opted Top Gun and think it is one of those movies. I like that word co-op. And, and, I think you're and, dead and, right. Yeah. And it goes into that dad movie genre yeah. when really it's not. And, and I bring I go back. I think I remember now why I was bringing up our friend Michelle Kisner, mm-hmm. because I think she was mentioning something about the homosexual contact uh, subtext in Top Gun. And. I think she showed a, a personal message from someone who was just flipping out, like, "How the fuck can Top Gun be gay?" You know, like oh, it's yeah. it's it's a it's a movie about men. You know, like, and then it's mm-hmm. you know, and then it's like, have you actually watched the movie? You know, it's it's kind of like uh, you know when people say like, "Oh, well, the new Candyman is woke," uh-huh. and it's like, did you watch the original Candyman? Uh-huh. Or like, or like there was a recent article that there was a recent article that came out on Fox. Fox News, one of those Fox News doofuses, who was like, the Starship Enterprise goes where no Starship Enterprise has ever gone before. <laughs> Wokeness. Yeah, and it's like, yeah. dude, dude, what the fuck were you watching in 1966? Uh-huh. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that show has always been quote-unquote woke. Mm-hmm. So there is this amazing, I don't know if cognitive dissonance is the right term, but. I think it's fair because, and I'll keep, I'll keep ringing the bell that we've been ringing, like, the whiteness is is huge here and 
I, we have we have some nice minority characters in the new one, and I know Sundown's your token black guy in the original one, but um, it, where that hasn't gotten all that much better. But it, it, I, I circle all that around to go when, when you were talking about it earlier, and us kind of, you know, ringing the bell for the whiteness. Mm-hmm. Are there, and we might need to pull folks more than us because we are two, you know, middle aged white men. But um, <laughs> I'm trying to kind of peg down what would be a ideal. A black dad movie or Hispanic dad movie, and I, I feel like mm. they've been—I feel like they haven't been represented in the best way to have the most positive images, like to fit the dad movie example. Mm. Like I—I I, like for, if I'm a dad and I'm trying to show my kids something that makes a point, and it's and it, a black point, it'd be like Boys in the Hood, but fuck, does that movie go hard? You know, um, do the mm. right thing, but fuck, does that movie go hard? So. And if that's the thing, like, and I, and I won't besmirch a dad for showing, you know, kids, those movies, because, Hey, you need to see the hardness of the world that's elsewhere. But they, I feel like they don't get their happy ending hero mode stuff that us white people do. Yeah. Those movies have to go harder because they are, they are showing an experience, right? Right. They are showing an existence that. I mean, it's called a minority for a reason. It's not That's the true. majority of people. So yeah. majority of people are going to watch that and see what the minority goes through. And it's going to hit harder because yeah. it is not as easy of an existence. We take, we do take our, I was going to say, we take our white heroes quote unquote for granted. And there right. is still a lot of white um, sensitivity about, this is Things true. Being caught, I mean, because you know, you can say what you want about Marvel, but one thing Marvel does is it, it's been giving minority directors, That's female right. directors, and making its characters colorblind or uh-huh. adapting to current times. Um, but who pitches the biggest fits about that? You know, like it's true. I mean. Everything from the minor characters, like when Heimdall was Idris Elba, like people were mm-hmm. freaking out. How could Heimdall, you know, yeah, you know, be, be a black guy? And it's like, well, mm-hmm. first of all, it's a Viking space god. So, like, yeah. it can be whatever the fuck you <laughs> want it to be. Exactly. You know, like, and, and, and you know, now, you know, there's been, I'm sure, I, I guarantee you, people who don't uh-huh. understand the source material are going to flip out about Miss Marvel because she's a Muslim. I think um, you're right. You know, uh, I, what what shocked me is that we haven't, and maybe because it is the source material, but we haven't heard anything about Monica Rambeau or, uh, you know, uh, Captain yes. Marvel and Doctor Strange. You know that that's black, uh-huh. but but they oh you know what that that actress though Lashana Lynch uh-huh. uh, oh, played did the black 007. Yeah, that's so right. she can't be 007. She's uh, black. I mean, She's a like woman. She, I mean, yeah. first it was like, first we needed a black bond. Now it's like black bond and a woman. How could you do this to us? Uh-huh. Like the white the fragility man. Fragility is huge. It's bad. Yeah. The fragility is huge. And, and the, the, and that is the problem is that those, there'll still be a market for that fragility because someone will turn around and say, Oh yeah, you know what? You don't like the wokeness over here. I'm going to give, you know, whoever Steven Seagal a movie or you know, yeah. whatever, you well, know that's that's why Mel Gibson still gets a chance to make movies after doing true. some horrible horrible things and Roman Polanski and things like that. I mean, 
you know, some, well, yeah. Well, I'll ask this, and maybe since we're at fifty-four minutes here, we're we're circling towards the, an end capper here. But uh, yeah, yeah, do do dad movies add because of their their proclivity to always have the things we're talking about here? Do they add to white fragility, or do they Absolutely. stand above white fragility? Good examples, bad examples. Well, it's it's tough because one thing that I've I've mentioned with Marvel, the reason why I think it's so successful, is because it hits all the quadrants, and that includes women and children. Uh is because men can be vulnerable in those movies. And that's why the Lord of the Rings movies hit as well, because you had very positive male relationships. Now, of course, there's going to be all the gay jokes about Sam and Frodo and everything. And that's fine. That's part for the course. And it's kind of funny sometimes. Sure. Um, But for the most part, I mean, with Lord of the Rings and Marvel, you have, you know, I mean, with Tony Stark, you've got a character with immense flaws. You got a character who spent one of his whole movies going through panic attacks you know, uh, you know, the movie, every Guardians of the Galaxy movie ends with Chris Pratt, the very buff, capable mm-hmm. action hero crying, yeah. you know, like everybody kind of has. That would never happen in a Stallone and Schwarzenegger. Movie. Right. So, yeah, I guess then that that's tough because those are so popular. But I think the reason why the Marvel films are so popular is because they reach so many different people. I agree. But when you're talking about when you're talking about a dad film, which is like a movie directed towards males and yeah. especially ones of a certain era like you're gonna have your 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 older men in the 60s and 70s who are like yeah right. john john wayne was the true man you're gonna have mm-hmm. your you're gonna have your men in the 80s and 90s who were like well clint eastwood like the older men who were like clint eastwood was the man mm-hmm. and then you're gonna have your your dads and and older gentlemen in the 90s and 2000s who are like well it was stallone and willis and yeah. schwarzenegger so yeah i think that we've kind of had this and and this, I, I don't know if this is a problem. So okay. tell me if you think this is a problem. But, you know, one of the arguments about Tom Cruise is that he's kind of the last movie star. You know, he's he kind of like that. Yeah. You know, and I, I almost feel like there is that. I, I don't think he does this sub. I don't think he does this purposefully uh, because for all intents and purposes, and I've actually met Tom Cruise. He's very nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyone who works with him says he is oh, a fantastic I, I, I human being. I hear Yeah. Right. But, and he is kind of weird, but I mean, sure, you know, right. in his personal Who life, is. but from a professional standpoint, everyone has, that's ever worked with him. There's never been a complaint. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, he'll have some vanity stuff here and there. Like, you know, sure. he, has to, he has to run alone, like on screen and stuff like that. Mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. but from all, from all accounts, he's a, he's, he's a nice person. But so I don't think he does this on purpose, but there is kind of a look, I am the, the action star from the eighties, nineties, like two thousands and 2010s that still exists. And I'm still going to give you these old fashioned because yeah, for, I mean, we talked about in our Top Gun Maverick, there's a little bit of wonky visuals here and there, which is par for the course for blockbusters uh, this day and age. But, you know, for the most part, you know, you know, I think I think when people think about stars that do their own stunts, I mean, they think of Jackie Chan and Tom Cruise now. Yeah. And those things are very stripped down. They have a more realistic bent to them. There's a lot of fight scenes. There's a Mm -hmm. lot of stunt work, a lot of action set pieces that seem to be in like more of a reality setting. There is kind of an older quality to the films he's putting out. 
That's true. And he's still he's still holding on to the past and saying, don't worry, I'm still here, guys. Yeah, yeah. And I think there are the fragile white people that are just like, well, we still got Tom Cruise, baby. I think you know? you're right. Yeah. No, I think you're right because he's he's being exposed in a couple of ways. One, whatever Grecian formula he's putting his hair probably is not going to start fooling anybody anytime soon. Like, dude, <laughs> like he's impossibly young looking for being the age that he's pushing here. Well, it's all because of Zeno, but yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah, well, yeah, that too. <laughs> um, but no, um, I think you're right. The the style of movie he's making, committed as he is, is an antiquated kind of movie. Even with all the modern bells and whistles he's bringing right. into it, it's still a very, yeah, it's still a very 80s, 90s movie. And then he he's also being exposed by the how and you kind of touched on this a little bit with just the generational build to, to get where we are now. The model of a man has changed, and women don't yeah. want a Tom Cruise. They don't want a controlling man right. of action. Um, they want they want smolder or or smolder with some flaws. Like they want Jason Momoa. They want Dwayne Johnson. And those guys are kind of ethnically ambiguous too, in a certain mm-hmm. way. Cause like, let's be honest, Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Dwayne Johnson is as white passing as you're going to get, despite being a person of color right. where that that's safe to the fragile crowd could be like, well, I can handle Dwayne cause he's light skinned or I can handle Oscar cause he speaks good English or I can handle Right. some of these other people like th- there's there's enough or vin diesel is racially ambiguous as well so um that's like, been an issue with female actors too because like yeah. for the longest time it was and and keep in mind i'm just i'm just saying uh-huh. what what the theories are out there i'm not supporting this at all but like a lot of people were saying like you know halle berry was a bigger star than a lot of other black actresses because she was lighter skinned and that's more acceptable to Uh to like that white fragile audience out there you know what i mean right um and then what do you do to her you put her in movies with hugh jackman and billy bob thornton where she has her sexiness but with white men like true very true you know that's kind of calling that in there so i yeah that's the thing like and that's where i think where tom is this this the new one will be a big test because i think it's i get where the dad movie labels are coming from because now that he's an age to be a grandfather but also um yeah we're we're kind of still perpetuating how he's different than everybody else now it's fun and it's entertaining but at the same time how long can this last well well, he's done it i mean he's had the most uh sustained success at it because there have have been attempts to do this Mm -hmm. there there have been attempts to do this at varying levels i mean we all went through the expendable period where there was three expendable films where it was very much like in vogue to be like hey remember those 80s action stars hey Uh they're back at it i mean i enjoy the first two uh um i i or I actually kind of like the third one too. No, I'm not mm-hmm. gonna lie, but I mean, once you start yeah, getting to, John once, you start getting to there, yeah. once you start getting no, John Claude's in the second one, but once you start okay. getting to the third one, when you got Harrison Ford, which is cool, but then you start getting like uh-huh. Kelsey Grammer, you're like, eh, okay. yeah, like, okay. uh, but you know, like, but you know, that was in vogue for a while, and that kind of went away, mm-hmm. and. Like I said, you, every now, I mean, the Liam Neeson thing is almost kind of a joke now. Where yes, it's like, right. okay, how many of these Liam He's Neeson Charles movies? Bronson now. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're you're gonna get your one Liam Neeson goes on a revenge violent uh-huh. kick a year. Like, so that's almost like an industry standard now. It's kind of a joke. Yeah. Um you know But when you say it like then, that, 
Tom Cruise is well, a he's bit this, of the last movie star because Dwayne yeah, Johnson's different. You know, I don't know what to say. Like Dwayne and Tom don't make things the same way. I, I don't know how to say. Yeah, I, I I would say that Tom Cruise is the last. I mean, this is a tough one because yeah, I, I mean Dwayne Dwayne the Rock Johnson is a movie star. That's true, but I don't think he's taken seriously enough to have the prestige level. I think like people That's are like, true. oh, it's another Tom rock still movie. Has, Tom still has Magnolia, Born on the Fourth of July. He's got chops. Yeah. We I don't think, never have that. I, I think the truly last movie star, and you'll probably argue with me on this one, but okay. I would say Robert Downey Jr. was probably that's a, one that's of the a fair last. Wonder. I think that's a. I, I need think to he's, see. I need to see him do more things than Marvel to kind of cement that as like, hey, he needs a return to those little chops. I'm not saying he's got to make Chaplin no, again. No, no, no. I'm saying, I'm saying yeah. in terms of in terms of a an actor that was able to combine the prestige with yeah. the massive popularity. I feel like he was the yeah. last movie star because you're not. Everybody else has aged out. Maybe, maybe Hugh Jackman. Can t- can tickle that a little? Yeah, Russell Crowe's fat and old. I can't say it's Russell Crowe anymore. Because, um, well, like, when you go to see a Captain America movie, you were seeing it more for Captain America than Chris Evans. I agree. But I think you were seeing Iron Man. You were seeing the Avengers because of Robert Downey Jr. I like, agree with that. Yeah, that's yeah, a, yeah. that's a different thing. And Tom Cruise is like he is the last movie star, but he's also not a modern movie star. I mean, he's making modern hits, but he's Mm -hmm. doing it in like, he's like that sole survivor of the last mold. He's He's almost like cleaning cars three. (laughs) He's almost like the last samurai, but with aging movie stars, like he is Mm -hmm. holding on to dear life. I mean, we've all seen it work against actors. I mean, God, I mean, I remember some embarrassing movies with Harrison Ford where like, He's still fighting people on roofs when he's like sixty-five, yeah. and you're like, you gotta stop, just, dude. Just like, say it. The last Indiana Jones movie, Crystal Skull. Um, I think well, he I embarrasses gonna, himself. In that I movie. was gonna say Hollywood Homicide. I actually think that's the um, one. That's the one for I, I think I think Indiana Jones. They play enough with the fact that he's old. Yeah, to yeah, make up for it. Let's like, see there's what a couple this new ones gonna be. That well, because the there's a couple me. scenes in Crystal Skull where, you know, he he swings on the rope and he clearly misses the car and he ends up swinging back and he's like, well, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, like I'm old now, but you know, but yeah, but it's obviously not a great movie. It's, it's uh, vastly overrated in the sense of how bad it is. It's actually not a bad movie. I gave it three stars. I actually think it's not that bad. You're you're very kind. Yeah, I am. But you know what? I, I, I think, I think that and temple of doom are on the same level. Um, in terms okay. of quality, um, okay, maybe not practical effects and horror and stuff yeah. like that, but in terms of like storytelling and things like that, but we I'll won't put a that. I'll put a bow on this to kind of get to an ending here. But like, clearly, we have Top Gun Maverick coming out this weekend, and and we yeah. have the everyone showed the trailer today for the first part of the two part supposed finale for mm-hmm. the Ethan Hunt character. Ah. Where does Tom Cruise go from here? Can he age to be like part of me in my heart of hearts hopes he can be because he's young looking and will likely always be young looking or do enough work to look young looking. I would love to see him turn into Robert Redford, you know, be a good looking senior guy doing good looking senior things. Not definitely has to be doesn't doesn't be kicking, fighting and ass kicking, Mm -hmm. but just play with that charisma. 
the way Brad Pitt is kind of right now, because Brad Pitt's kind of aging to become the next Redford too, which was always sure. a comparison for him. Um, but I'd love to see if Cruz could can hit that that gear. I'd love to see it because like, yeah, like when he like even like I know no one saw the movie or appreciated it, but um, like Lions for Lambs went. I saw that when, in the theater. Yeah, quince me too. Coincidentally with Redford, but like right. a, a part that did not require him to ass kick and do crazy things, but play his age, play his charisma, play the range that is there with his charisma and i, well, I liked i yeah. liked his part in that and well, the movie is a little busted mess but he was good in it so well even something like collateral where oh, yeah example. there's a there's a couple yeah, of it's scenes. still an action movie though but yeah well yeah but i mean there's a couple of scenes where but it, it's more of in that denzel equalizer fashion where like yeah you know like but I don't want to see him he's, turn into Liam Neeson, though, either, where he's still doing well, right, this shit but, at 65. Well, right. But what I'm saying is, like, with Collateral, it's, it, it, it was more of a character than that. Like, he would have a, a scene where he'd take somebody down in, like, three seconds and then blow their brains out or something. But for the most part, it, even though it was an action film, it was still him kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Still kind of him It was character, character work. Yeah. It was definitely character work. And, and. I was also reading another thing and I, I just read so much crap on Twitter that I, I can never give proper attribution, but you know, there was this period of time when he was, and I don't want to say a quote unquote real actor because I don't believe in that, but uh-huh. before he kind of became the control, the controlling hawk of his career, like where he dictates everything. This is true. You know, he was doing films with Tony Scott, Martin Scorsese, Oliver mm-hmm. Stone, uh, yeah. Milos Forman, Paul Thomas yeah. Anderson. Like he was he, a lot. He had he a was, Matt Damon period where he only worked with the best of the best and gleaned for what he could from them. Right. Uh, Brian De Palma. Uh, he right. Steven Spielberg many times. Um, right. You know, I, I do feel like and the reason why I'm not going to say it's not serious acting is because. Uh, I don't believe in that, but there is a difference between him doing an acting job and him making the entire movie. If that makes mm, sense, does I that do make, agree with you. Does that make yeah, sense? He's, like he's, he's bit of a, he's kind of the one man takeover thing, and I don't know when I would. I'm with you. I would love to see him surrender himself to somebody else's vision than uh, one that he's, of course, pulling every string for. Yeah, because I'm like, trying hey, to. I'd love to see him be hired. To, and then and then kept in line to do something just hey tom i got a real good thing for you if you could just follow my lead here a little bit and not just take everything over and i don't know if he could do that yet i hope age brings that to him but it's not there yet like he's handpicking all his people so here's Krasinski is prior a, you know, a prior director he, you know prior young director he could boss around christopher McQuarrie doing these jack reacher and of course these last bunch of mission impossible movies same thing so I don't know. So I'm looking so I'm looking at like I mean let's take a look at his last major release films. I mean, I'm not going to count things like Val cuz even though he just makes appearances in those. Yeah, you know, it doesn't count. Or or documentaries on Kubrick and stuff. So, here are some of the last couple films that he has made that he's headlined. Uh-huh. So, Top Gun Maverick, then Mission Impossible Fallout, American Made, which Okay, it's not it's a deadline. franchise. That's his, it is, that's his uh, Edge of Tomorrow repeat right there. Yeah, that you have The Mummy, Jack Reacher, Ooh. Never Go Back. You have Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. 
Uh-huh. And then you have Edge of Tomorrow, Oblivion, Jack Reacher, and then another Mission Impossible. I'm going backwards. Yeah. Um, Night and Day, maybe. It's kind of like American Bond kind of thing. Yeah. Valkyrie, so, you're starting to get into some different things, even though, you know, I mean, the last I call thing that I character work from him to yeah. a degree. I mean, the last thing I can see, he kind of plays a lark of himself in Tropic Thunder. But yeah, Lions for Lambs in 2007. Oh, wow, when was Rock, Rock of Ages was when? Like 12. Was it? Did I miss that? I don't know. But oh, that's him kind of oh, yeah, like. Rock of Ages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. That was like lampooning um, a little bit of like not an action star. I, I, that's some character work. Yeah, I, yeah. So let's go. So we could go all the way back. To, so let's let's say that's the cutoff point. So you're still going back 15 years. 20, and 2012, 2012 for Rock of Ages. Uh-huh. In terms of like an acting, like like acting as an actor, you know. Yeah. Um, and Lions for Lambs was what Redford directed that. Redford, yeah. So that was him, like working with Redford, and and Redford mm-hmm. directed it, and it wasn't. It was. It was. Uh, I think. I don't remember a lot about it, but was it previously a play? Yeah, pretty before? much. Okay, because because it does have the trappings of a film that totally. was a play first, because you know there's like seventy five minute scene in like one person's mm-hmm. office, you know. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. but yeah, like I mean, World World's Collateral, Last Samurai, Gold Member, he had a cameo. Minority mm-hmm. Report is good. I mean, but that's Spielberg. Vanilla Sky was Cameron Crowe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, he, I- he has afforded that's I think we would see a different tune out of him if he was having less success. And outside of the mummy, the guy hasn't had a true bomb to the point where he has to grovel and go back to being an actor. He could stay being a star. Yeah, but I just miss that because he's such I a good actor. Like I yeah, I, mean, I think people forget and, and the same thing kind of happened to Robert Dine Jr. as well. I think people forget that he's an astounding actor. Like yeah. we we almost take him for granted because he's just so good at everything he does, and he was so good at playing the same character for essentially thirteen years mm-hmm. that people forget that he actually does contain multitudes. You know, like he I, I, I has... miss him because I we haven't seen yeah. much like we've seen Doolittle. We haven't seen much come out of him post Marvel. So I'd love to True. see him uncork something great, but it's maybe it's that fact of. And maybe I I know this is the fact for Tom, but he's so big in terms of stature. And and here we are back to last big star. He's such a movie star that it's going to be so difficult to unshine him down in any of these things we're talking about. Like if you were to make Magnolia again today, it'd be wildly more out of place than even when he tried to do it then. He's got well, yeah, bigger than was, he has ever been. Because I was going to say, like, at that point, so what was Magnolia, 99, 2000, yeah. something like that? So, I mean, <coughs> excuse me. At that point, I'm just trying to look at his. Jerry Maguire before it. Um, yeah, Jerry Maguire. I mean, Eyes Wide Shots, Mission Impossible, Interview with the Vampire. At least with the interview with the vampire, he's trying something different. He's playing he's a vampire, trying you know. And he boy, and boy, did he get shit for. It. Remember when that was like yeah. that was like casting Keaton in Batman? Like no one, everyone's like, that's not Lestat. You know, like, how would you right. do that? And then he did pretty good. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm trying to think of yes yeah, so when Magnolia came out. So let's see, that was ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he was still. 
I mean, he worked with Kubrick, Crow, De Palma. Guys, um, pick of the litter. Mm-hmm. I mean, at, at that point, he had another. I mean, he had Rob Reiner, uh, oh, Oliver Oliver Stone, Barry Levinson, mm-hmm. Scorsese, yeah, Ridley Scott, all in their prime too. Yeah, Ridley, yeah, yeah. So I, you know, yeah, it does feel like he was allowing himself to be an actor as opposed to like the. I mean, I don't want to say the director, but. Mm-hmm. He's a producer now. He runs the show. You heard all the stories from the set of the last Mission Possible, where he's cussing crew out for not masking up and getting them closed for COVID. Like, and that's what a producer's got to do. He's got to come in, ask yeah. you, go, "Hey, we're fronting this to do a big thing here, and you're fucking it up." And I, a lot of people were besmirching him two years ago or a year ago, whenever that story broke about him lambasting the staff of the movie for COVID violations. And mm-hmm. and if I'm him, putting all of his reputation and money on the line for a big thing i'm gonna fucking yell at him too so i i can't sure. full-time cruise when he gets to that well, level but he's yeah, playing was, god mode though man yeah i was i was watching uh <clears throat> um i like i like to watch graham norton clips because i think he's pretty funny oh he's, i he's love a, graham norton clips yeah he's, he's a great interviewer and they were showing um his interview with tom cruise around the time of whatever mission impossible it is but uh, uh, si- side note, real quick, I've only seen the original Mission Impossible by Brian De Palma. I've never seen a single oh, Mission Impossible film other you've than got that. a summer deep dive coming your way. Yeah. Um, but anyways, um, I hear your thoughts on those as you go here. Oh man. Yeah, I might Ooh. do that soon. We'll see. Um, but anyways, uh, it's sad that I've seen more Fast and Furious movies, which I've seen very little. I've only seen. Uh, see, I stopped watching two. when Paul died, so I stopped at seven. Well. I've only seen two. I've only seen the first one and the fourth okay. one. So whatever. But anyway, my point is, oh. I remember they were showing a Graham Norton clip of him when he broke his ankle doing that stunt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's a moment where he completes the stunt. He gets up and he says cut and he says, hey, guys, you need to take me to the hospital. Like you can tell, like the director is just there mm-hmm. to get the credit. He is the one in control. Like he mm-hmm. is clearly I mean, like, yeah how many stars are going to go up there and be like yeah. cut, you know, like they're going to wait for the director. And know. here we are in top gun clearly with cameras mounted to a cockpit. He's manning taking care of all, he, you know, he's in that oh, show button. I yeah. was so nervous because, um, I mean, I was nervous enough when he's driving Jennifer Connelly on a motorcycle, uh-huh. but like, it seems like, I mean, and this might be a testament to how good the effects are in top gun Maverick, but at the end when he's flying her around in that oh, little plane and no effects there. Right. And he's flipping yeah. her around and stuff. And I'm sure. just like, did Jennifer Kylie agree to do this? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, like it scares yeah. me. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, to answer your question about where he goes, I, I would just, I'd like him to take, he, he might've done it a little bit. Like you said, in rock of ages and even tropic thunder where he kind of uh-huh. funded himself. But I'd like him to take the Ben Affleck route, whereas he takes some time off mm. and tries to play these characters. Like what Ben Affleck did is he realized, like, I'm making shitty movies. And this is not what Tom Cruise is doing. He's making successful movies. But yeah. what I like about Ben Affleck was he's he took a step back and he started playing, like, minor character roles, like background characters. Not background characters, but he was in this movie called Extract where he just played this mm-hmm. stoner with a beard. Right. And then he was he was kind of like the fifth star of state of play with russell crowe right right right. and he, he was both. he was playing like you know characters like he, again and he was like not trying to take the spotlight i would love to see tom cruise 
in like a Magnolia role where he is not the main star. He is a piece of an ensemble uh-huh. or a supporting actor because I think it would get people back into, you know, the, gra- the good graces of respecting yeah. him because there is nothing wrong. Like I said, I've always defended things like Marvel and stuff as being art. I mean, these these Mission Impossible films, even though I haven't seen any of them, and, you know, um, you know the Jack Reachers and, the, mm-hmm. and these high-profile projects that he does – the only thing that takes away from his acting is the fact that it feels like he is controlling everything. He's not just acting. Yeah. It feels like yeah, he is, true. you know, you got, so him I, t- you got him pegged, right? This is right. So it's not that he's not a, it's not that he's a bad actor and not a quote unquote real actor. And that the films he's not making are not good. It's just, that's true. They feel more manufactured oh, by yeah. him around no him doubt. as opposed to being organic. You know what I mean? Like I even, agree with that. even Top Gun Maverick, Oh, it, it, personal glamour piece for sure. I mean, it does some really cool things like replicating Tony Scott's style here and there, like in a very like surface level way, mm-hmm. like the opening credits and stuff. But it is very much like a, the camera's on me. Give me mm-hmm. the glory shots. Mm-hmm. I'm really flying this plane. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. it, it just doesn't feel like a complete performance. It feels I, yeah, I don't know how to describe it. It's hard to describe what, what's going no. on there, but no, you're right there. And, and yeah, for, for all those reasons, just, uh, I'd be curious to see where he goes. You know, I, I yeah, definitely. Well, yeah. this was a, this was a cool topic. I, I know we talked about like putting our five minutes on things, but we just got rolling in a, in a good way. And I super unique episode. I enjoyed this man. Yeah. I mean, for those who want, I mean, we, we talked more about Top Gun specifically in the, Top Gun Maverick episode. Yeah. So if you if you if you did this one first, oh my god, excuse me, Let's edit that out, bitch. Um, <laughs> if you if you listen to the Top Gun this one first because you want to go in chronological order of the movies, uh-huh. you'll find a little bit more comprehensive like what Top Gun meant to us and what yeah. Top Gun is in the Top Gun Maverick episode. So we actually touch on it a little bit more in depth, I think. I think when so. comparing it to Maverick, this is more of a kind of a fun discussion about mm-hmm. dad you know, movies where, and the label, uh-huh. dad movies and where this stands in the culture, you know, mm-hmm. which is important because that's, I mean, that's why they're making a sequel to a film that's 36 years old because I agree it has standing still. So, yeah. Yeah. But, and I think it, yeah. I think until Tom, and I think until Tom can't keep winning, he'll keep doing this. So we'll see where it goes. Yeah, that's true. But uh, so I want you guys to follow us on Twitter at Cinephile Fit and on Facebook at Cinephile History Fit Podcast. Also find both of us on Letterboxd. Thank you so much for your captive audience and social media participation. Cinephile Hissy Fit is a 25YL media podcast brought to you by RuminationsRadioNetwork.com. Please visit, rate, review, and subscribe. We are also on Rotten Tomatoes, the new Banana Meter, and have become charter members of the new Independent Film Critics of America group. If you enjoyed the show, Ruminations Radio Network has more where that came from with wonderful programs and interesting hosts. Our show and others are available on iTunes, Spotify, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.